Welcome to Psyched, a podcast about psychiatry that covers everything from the foundational to the cutting edge, from the popular to the weird. Thanks for tuning in. And this is Psyched, a psychiatry podcast. Uh, today, we have Janae Sharp. Um, Janae is a physician suicide loss survivor and the founder and CEO of the Sharp Index, a nonprofit dedicated to better physician mental health. Her main work involves healthcare data and analytics marketing to improve healthcare outcomes for the underserved. Python is her preferred code language, but her true passion is matchmaking companies to create elegant health IT systems and to improve health. She's worked with interoperability and social determinants of health and is an expert on patient and physician engagement. Janae has three children, enjoys hiking, triathlon, and quilting. (laughs) Janae, thank you for joining us. Thank you. I hate writing bios as well. I feel like that's important. Yeah, it is really important. We should have added that to your bio. (laughs) Yeah. And writing a bio was not your favorite thing to have done. We will put Hearing my own bio, I'm always like, that's a terrible bio. Someone (laughs) should rewrite that. That poor lady. (laughs) Well, okay. So how about we start with you just telling us more about you and your story. And then as much as you feel like telling us. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, that could be pretty long. But um, so the story of starting the Sharp Index, I'm, I can talk about, um, I have, like it says, I have a background in healthcare IT and I've worked with people creating data products and worked in, you know, social media a lot. And um, I'm also a physician suicide loss survivor. My former spouse, John Madsen, was a physician. He died by suicide. Um, and we created the index actually in his memory and through my experiences with his death um we have three children and i've been able to share a lot of of our story and trying to create good memories and really how that type of loss was pretty different in terms of the support that my kids got it was really frustrating like I felt like people didn't really know what to say or had a lot of advice that wasn't helpful or advice that really was hurtful in some in some ways and um, we wanted to create something that brought awareness to physician suicide but also um kind of address that like created a better place and that's really our hope to have better memories for people but also the index is focused on reducing burnout so you can look at scores and information about your your burnout risk or reasons for that or mental health and we want to create a network of peer support that's outside of your employer because when like physicians are really driven to succeed and to accomplish a lot and um and that doesn't always you know you don't always want to tell your employer you're really struggling and in addition people aren't always aware if you've always been really in a work environment where you have a lot of stress and you've been a high achiever you aren't always aware and in touch with things that that might put you at risk 
So that's been kind of my, my personal story is just that we had, um, just kind of this impossible situation. And I wanted, when people would ask me, you know, what should you do? What are solutions? I didn't feel like there was a lot out there that was, um, that was focused on a realistic, um, approach and not just doing lip service to the topic, especially since I was a family member, um, and didn't have any of those stigmas where I can't talk about it. I won't lose my job talking about it. So the stories that people will tell me are different than the stories that they tell their, you know, their licensing committee. Um, so that's some of my background. Um, yeah. Is that helpful? Yeah, no, thank you for, uh, for telling us about this and, and, um, and, and it's, it's, it's gotta be a difficult place to be in, um, where on the one hand you're, um, you're advocating for, for other people, for, for, you know, to prevent, um, suicide or to improve, um, healthcare systems, um, while at the same time having, having this have been a, a personal struggle for you, uh, something that you're, you're, that's personally affected and, and, um, been a challenge in your own life. Yeah. It's interesting too. Cause sometimes I do find myself getting more worked up. Like if, like it's more personal, like people don't want to do much. I kind of feel, I take it more personally than with other things. And that's been a challenge to kind of find that balance of making sure you find the right people who want to help move things forward and to make sure that I'm um, respectful of their needs and vice versa. Like, so sometimes, you know, throughout the process of telling the story, I've had to take breaks and it does take an emotional toll, but it also I think is really powerful and it makes me feel like I'm giving my kids a better memory for their dad, you know? So they know that it's important and that other kids who go through that or people might not have to go through that because of stuff that, that we've done and to honor, to honor that and to work on that huge problem. Yeah. And imagine that speaking to your kids about their father's death was complicated to say the least. Oh, it was terrible. I did a terrible job. I'm like in the example, I feel like part of me doing this is I'm like the example of what not to do in a lot of ways. (laughs) Like, like I quit my job. I, kind of fell apart I didn't always keep it together I didn't you know if I was angry sometimes I would tell people you know and that's part of grief but um I think we only want to hear grief stories when they're very cleaned up and very done Mm. so yeah telling my kids I (laughs) I, yeah, I tell that story where I told that story actually on a podcast only once where, um, on the Z dog show, I said how I just 
screwed it up. I felt like I screwed it up because he died in a pretty graphic way. And um, I was in shock still. So I just told him, I was like, your dad died in a fire. And I'm like, that's probably going to be the most traumatic possible way to tell your children. Um, (laughs) And (laughs) then I kind of dropped it for almost a year and they were going to start a counseling group that part of the requirements was one of the requirements was you had to say that they had actually died by suicide. Um, And they told, they explained that it can re-traumatize a child if they feel like you've lied about how they've died. And and once you have that mental health support, it's good for them to be able to work through their feelings. So I told them, but then normally you would just, you know, I had practice saying his brain was sick and, then he found a way to make his body end because my children are quite young at that time and they still are They're right now they're 10, eight and six, and it's been almost three years. So, um, it was a real experience kind of <laughs> coming like, because you're also traumatized, you don't always handle things the way that are is quote unquote best. And, and it's really, you don't know what to do. So telling my kids was, I say like really, really difficult. Um, and watching them grieve and not always being able to be as supportive as they needed. That was a really hard thing to like watch and to realize about yourself that when you're, in such a bad place, like you're not really there for people. Yeah, no, and it's it's it just hard to imagine how difficult a experience that that is that was for you that is for anybody who has to um, has to do that. And- I know, and you guys talk to people like that for like they come to you. You guys are the experts, <laughs> so I couldn't imagine that. Like, I would not be good at that job. It's really, I think it's really. Um, humbling because you realize how important humanity is like grief is something that teaches you that there are human needs that are bigger than you know what you should or shouldn't do or your list of of to-do lists or your goals in life there are just some points in your life when you're kind of knocked on your feet and you realize the power of humanity that there are things that will happen to you that will change you but also you can't ignore them and you can't just put them on a checklist and go away. They'll heal on their own time. Yeah, and, and I want to hear more about uh, what you said about uh, uh, something like um, having a better memory or, or having your kids be able to, to remember um, your remember things in a, in a better light or a, having a better memory. Like what is that? How do you, how do you tell a story of tragedy well, or how do you advise people to? Oh, that's an interesting question. I've not, I don't, I don't know. Um, I don't know the best way to tell a story of tragedy for me. I didn't want to talk about such a graphic way to die without um, always offering support that there, you know, there are people who, will help you talk about, about suicide and thoughts of suicide. And I always tell people to 
be patient with themselves and to be honest as much as they can um, with John, it was frustrating not feeling like um, some of the people he knew were offered a lot of support, like all his classmates. Um, they were in their residency and it felt like they weren't really reached out to, to have, you know, offer of counseling or a way to deal with those feelings. So you might not have the perfect thing to say and you can try to talk anyway. That's what I like to tell people a lot. Um, suicide and burnout, those are messy topics that we don't like to talk about because you can't always package them up in one neat little bundle and say, this is how it's going to get better. And talking about those messy topics is important. So I advise people and think in John's memory, we need to remember that we aren't perfect and that we are going to have to find a place to have those messy problems where there isn't one solution and there isn't one cause. The more we can talk about those and connect with solutions that already exist, the better things will be for people like my kids. Um, and, and it's hard for them to tell the story too. They don't want to, my daughter even said that the other day, she's like, I don't want to make people feel sad or make people uncomfortable. And that's a real problem that we aren't able to deal with difficult things or, and we have such a strong desire to make people feel not uncomfortable um, and I'm sure I've made some people feel uncomfortable and hope that they are patient with me or that they do what they can and make sure to protect their, you know, yeah. protect your yeah. own ability to handle things. But also, um, we don't need to always talk about sad things, but we need to be able to accept more complexity of problems and emotions within to our narrative. We need to not just put someone into the good or bad bucket and realize how complex humanity is. Yeah. Do you think that around the time that John died, like your initial reaction was to not tell people how, or did you right off the bat know that you needed to do that and you had this somewhat of a calling, I guess you could say, to to not fall into the stigma and to actually say it was suicide? Um, you know, he, like, it was on the news that he died, um, but not everyone wanted to talk about it at all. Like, my, some friends were very uncomfortable with even talking about how he died. And I wanted to be aware of the loss everyone had because that's a serious loss and people want to go through the memories that they have and honor those. But I also felt like the memories my children had and their experiences were more important, honestly. 
Um, so I didn't know that I would, you know, speak about it at a health care conference or um, anywhere else. But I did know that it was an impossible experience and that I didn't find that acceptable. I knew that I wanted to find a way to make things better, especially in healthcare where we say that mental illness is real and we actually are trying to heal people. It doesn't make any sense to have a workforce and training experience that controverts everything we know about health. Um, so some of my desire to talk about it was the desire to have a voice where I felt like I was silenced when it first happened. Um, but I didn't know for sure I wanted to talk to people about it I mean, because I'm not perfect, just like anyone else. So, um, but I did feel like it was a huge opportunity to create a space to talk about those hard things and um, be brave. Thank you.